0: same was with- Get a witness to wave your hand tonight If you need it, Father, we need it in our school Jesus, we need it in our jobs God, we need it in Jackson, Mississippi Give still yeah. Whenever the Lord said. I want to tell somebody tonight Put your hand in the neighbor's hand, squeeze ahead hand. Hey, can you do me a favor? I wish I could touch everybody, but can you look at me and say, neighbor, I want to let you know something. Tell them, first off, I love you. But say, neighbor, I don't care what you've been going through. Say, neighbor, whatever you've been going through, I'm getting ready to pull you out. When I count to three, I just want you to pull your neighbor And give God a ridiculous peace praise One, two, three, pull your neighbor And say welcome to your season of peace
1: Good morning and bless God, everybody Come on and lift up those holy hands And tell the Lord, thank you today God, I thank you for my mind I thank you for my body's movement I thank you most of all for you giving me the ability to know that you are God and above you there is none other. I need everybody that's here this morning just to get in a posture of thanksgiving right now and offer unto God a praise. I
0: don't need no selfish worshipers.
1: You, you ought to God know that Lord, God is the giver of all peace, peace this morning, and if you have elixir, joy, you can rejoice. I
0: hand, Hallelujah. God. Don't just move from me.
1: I thank God for Jesus today, and I pray that you do too. Welcome everyone to our Sunday service. I welcome you in the name of Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Good morning, Tracy. Good morning, Gloria. Good morning, Cassie. Good morning, Janet. Good morning, Samuel. Good morning, Chris. And I'm sure Fakita is there with you. Uh, Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning to all of you. I praise God. How about you? Hallelujah. You should still be lifting up those holy hands right now. And you still should be thanking God. Hallelujah. He's brought you through another week. Since we were here last time, he brought you from yesterday. He brought you through last night. Hallelujah. And I bless him because of that. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Going to let this music for a moment just bless you as you get your mindset now to receive the word of God. We are here and you are here to receive right now. I asked you earlier, I posted for you to read Matthew chapter 19 verses 27 and 29, where you're going to be advised by the Holy Writ that there is responsibility on your part to put such a focus on Jesus Christ that you're willing to leave everything else behind or to make the will of God preeminent, dominant in your life. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's the Walls Group, that young family, brothers and sisters, they're telling us this morning to hold on. (laughs) Yes, God, hold on. Everything is going to be all right. Hold on. getting ready for our prayer and you are still lifting your hands telling the Lord thank you. Tell everybody in this room good morning. Tell everybody good morning. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord Jesus. As we're making ready for prayer now and we're getting ready to move to the interior of our Sunday morning service, amen, Uh, we're getting ready for prayer, I've asked you to read Matthew chapter 19, verses 27 and 29, I'm going to read that aloud for you, then Peter spoke up, look, he said, we have left everything and followed you, what will we have? Jesus said unto them, You can be sure that when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne in the new age, then you twelve followers of mine will also sit on thrones to rule the twelve tribes of Israel and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times more and will be given eternal life. But many now are first, will be last, who are first, will be last, and many who now are last will be first. Good morning, everyone. Let's pray and let's get a word from God this morning. God, I thank you so much for all of these that have presented themselves here that we have called by name as well, those that we cannot call by name. There are other guests that are here. Uh, that uh, I don't have their names, but I know that some of them are there. God, we're, just, we're here before you, and we sat at your feet. I, God, most humbly uh, lead the way to uh, uh, an and open praise to you. God, I lead the way in giving now whole heart. God, I deliver up my mind to your Holy Spirit, for his guidance, the divine guidance, to teach and to instruct, to counsel in the way that you would have a message to go forward today. I yield that to you wholeheartedly, God. And I'm praying that uh, in just a single word, a single sentence, a statement that is made today, that someone will um, get a sense of direction, that they will get a resolution to some issue I'm praying you God that someone will get an answer today to something that they've asked you and then most of all God I know that the word today is going to be a confirming compost to the lives of people it's going to be a confirmation to the things that they have already set in their hearts in agreement with you I know that that's what today is going to do. It's going to be confirming moments. It's going to be what they needed to hear, to know, God, that they have such a sound relationship with you. And now, God, give us a word from this word in Jesus' name. And they all said amen and amen. Thank all of you for telling each other good morning. I'm hoping that all of you got your um, little discrepancies, straighten out the little issues with sound and pictures, and I hope that everyone is here. And I'm hoping that your experience is without interruption. I hope that you don't have to get in and get out and piece this together. Oh, my God. It, 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 we, there is a way that I could actually make a presentation. I could go on Facebook, and it would be uninterrupted. However, I am not well in my spirit to minister on Facebook. I just choose not to take that platform. Um, I, I I believe that even through our struggles, sometimes the parts that you get is more be, is more befitting. I think that this, even though it is sometimes just with such interruptions that you just really didn't get anything. I'm I'm just uh, I'm not just ready to take it to to Facebook this platform that we have allows us to chat. Um, And I I guess for right now, let me just tell you, let's just look forward to get better. We're gonna have a better experience later. All right, I've asked you to read Matthew chapter 19 where Peter spoke up and he said that uh, we've left everything behind. Then he asked the question, what do we have left? What is it that we have left? And Jesus said to him that you can be sure That when the Son of Man sits on His glorious throne um, in the in the in the new age or in the coming age, which is actually in His resurrection, that things are going to change. Things are going to be different. Uh, So, uh, so let's uh, let's just look forward to. uh, I'm I'm seeing that someone's unable to to get. Is there anyone else? Maybe I see Debbie for some reason is not able to hear or see. I'm hoping I hadn't seen anything from anyone else. Sometimes it has to do with your Internet speed that you have in your home uh, or where you're trying to stream from. Uh, but this is what Peter said. He said that we've left everything behind, and uh, we've followed you. And then he asked, what do we have left? Now, the reason that I wanted to premise today's uh, lecture and instruction from here is because I'm still in John chapter 4. I'm still with the woman, the Samaritan woman that is at the well. I'm with the woman that is at the well. The well where Jesus, where she has an encounter with Jesus and because of what Jesus is doing with her at the well, he has now officially broken all social, racial, religious, and cultural norms. I'm gonna say that one more time. Jesus' encounter with the woman at the well, their conversation, their dialogue, just the idea that they are talking to each other because there is no way that a Jewish male is going to uh, have conversation with, um, there's limited with whomever they, especially as a rabbi, who they are going to talk to, period. But for him to have this conversation with this woman says now that Jesus has broken every social, racial, religious, and cultural norm. I believe that this, the premise here, gives credence to Jesus saying that I didn't come to make peace, but to set at variance between mother and father, uh, son and, and daughters. I didn't come to give peace. The understanding of Jesus saying that means that I'm not coming here to pacify your practices, your religious norms, your cultural norms, your social norms as it relates to the things that are not in line with my Father's will. I didn't come to be a yes man to practices that you have set up Religiously so, under whatever umbrella that you have, be it church, Christian community, people of faith, however you're calling yourself, whether it be denominations uh, or, or just some religious practice, Jesus did not come to give you a pacifier or the peace of knowing that it's okay to make practical these kinds of practices and you're doing it as a representation of worship towards his father. No. He's breaking social norms, he's destroying cultural, religious, and racial norms. Everything that has been socially accepted, this conversation between Jesus and the woman at the well is now destroying it all. It's doing away with it all. He breaks it. Verse number 28 in John chapter 4. Verse 28 in John 4. John 4 and 28. The woman does this, she left her jar. Then leaving her jar, the woman went back to the town. Leaving her jar, she came with her jar. She came with the purpose to use her jar. She was intending to use the vessel at the well. After having conversation with Jesus, verse 28, she left her jar. I'm going to just stay there for a moment. When she left home that day to arrive at the well at 12 noon, she didn't really anticipate meeting Jesus. She did not anticipate having a conversation with Jesus. She left to do what she had did habitually, what she would do religiously. And that is to take her vessel, which is her jar, and go to the well to perform a specific act. She did not know that day that she was going to encounter Jesus. She did not know that she was going to have an encounter with Jesus. She left doing her daily norms. She left in the ordinariness of life. She left to do what she does best, that is to go to Jacob's well that is very deep, very deep. The well that has been sufficient for her father, and her father's fathers, and all of her ancestors. It has been well for all generations of children. The well, Jacob's well, has provided not only for the people, but it has provided for the livestock. Many of years, you can understand why this woman would go so religiously to a well because the well has been so provisional the well has been a resource it has been a source a source the well is deep which means that there is no possibility based on what she knows that this well will ever run dry this well is so deep that there is no way regardless to how many times i draw and others draw that it will ever Go dry. And she's did this religiously. It's been her practice. This is what she would do. Do you realize that there are practices that we keep, things that we do in thanksgiving to God that we do so religiously and we use things as a source or resource that it becomes I worship. We worship the well because the well is what provides for us. Do you know that the well could also be represented by someone that you look at that has always been there, been there for you as long as you've known, and you go to them religiously, you go to them faithfully, knowing that every time that you go to them, that they're going to be there for you. Also, this well, because it's Jacob's well, is a point of worship for all of the Samaritans because it is the Christ type or it is the Lord type. It is their connection to God. Let me make that clear. This is Jacob's well. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob, who wrestled with the angel until the angel blessed him, Jacob, the one whom God changed his name to Israel, this is Jacob's well. This Samaritan woman, who is one of the descendants of Jacob, sees this well as being her connection to God. So the whale well has become a God. It is her connection to God. She comes to the whale well for worship. She comes religiously at a certain time of day. She comes religiously to conduct her service at the whale well in a specific manner. Much like you've gone to church all of your days, Sundays, 1130, Wednesdays, 7 o'clock. Religiously, we do things. We do things because it is our connection to God. This is the way that we worship him. We worship him through giving. We worship him through various means. And we do it sacrificially. I want to go back to verse number 28. After having said all of that, the woman left her jar. She came to the well to draw. She didn't draw. And not only that, she left her jar. I want that to sink in real good. She came to draw. That was her connection to the Heavenly Father through the well that was left by Jacob. And She already asked Jesus, are you trying to tell me that you're greater than Jacob? Let me see what verse that is, because I need you to know that she actually made that statement. She says, um, our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you're a Jew. Uh, Let's see, where does she say that you are? Are you... Verse number 12, are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his livestock? She already asked Jesus, are you greater than Jacob? (laughs) And who are you? You know, for you to be making such an offering that you're going to do something better than this well can do for me. Who does God think that he is to think that he can do more for me than Don can do for me? But, you know, we are very politically correct. I don't worship Don. I just thank God for him. You have to be careful because there's a thin line between being thankful for something and worshiping something. Just like there's a very thin line between money and the love of money. One is not the root of all evil, but the other is. Money is not the root of all evil, but the love of money is. Very thin line. So is there a very thin line between the idea of coming to the well because this is Jacob's well and the well itself being God? I know I'm getting through to you this morning. I need somebody to type amen so that I can move forward. Verse 28, she leaves her jar behind. So I got two questions for you today as I move forward. What can you do without? That's question number one. Nobody typed amen yet. What can you do without? What can you do without? I don't know, maybe I don't have anyone. Nobody typed amen yet. What can you do without? She left her jar behind, verse number 28. Then leaving her jar, her water jar, the woman went back to town. Thank you, Chris. What can you do without? Second question. What should be left behind? What can you do without? What should be left behind? The woman who is having an encounter with Jesus has to answer both of these questions What can I do without? And what should I leave behind? Because I can't any longer continue to socially, culturally, religiously, and racially come to this well as a point of worship and also accept what this man is offering me, and that is eternal life. I can't do both. I've got to leave something behind something has to become superior while the other becomes inferior. Let's point out some things about her leaving this jar behind. Can she use it again? Yes, but not in superiority. She didn't destroy the jar, she simply left it behind. I don't have to use it today as a source. maybe a resource, and a resource simply is something that is inferior to a superior source, I can come back to the well. Just because I leave my jar here doesn't mean that the well is going to close, but I don't have to come to it for social behavior, cultural behavior, racial and religious behavior. I can leave it here. I can go on. And because I leave it here, it doesn't mean that now I'm disconnected from Jacob's father, which is my father, the heavenly father. Because the man that I just had an encounter with has offered me something that is greater. And we have known that there is a prophet coming. She says that. We have known all our days that a prophet was coming. We have believed the the testimony that a prophet was coming. Could this be he? In verse number 28, when she leaves the jar behind, what does she do? She immediately takes action. Now, I'm going to introduce a couple of words to you, and I want you to work with them based on your own individual understanding. The first word is metho- methodology, methodology, method of doing things, our practice. The other is mindset. Mindset and methodology are two different things. Methodology is what I do based on practice over, cert- over periods of time that is locked in that will help to prevent me from going skew or stray so it has been culturally a method to doing things the way that we attend church the way that we the way that we well i mean the way that black people have funerals and the way that white people have funerals are two different way things as same as hindu people and Islamic people. Those are methods to performing inside a specific society or culture. And you do that, and it is so embedded in you that if you violate these things and don't do them that way, you've broken all the norms, which means now that someone can judge you that you no longer, or maybe they could go so far to say that you're no longer a child of God because you've broken a method. In order for this woman to go back to the town, she has to leave that jar behind because when she goes back, she's going back having left a single method with a new mindset. I hope you grasp that. I did that as, I guess, as simple as I could, but I'm sure it could still use even more simplicity. She takes a new mindset. She diverts from the mythology, but she still has the jar, but she goes with a new mindset. She leaves the jar and she went back to the town Someone's going to notice when she gets back to the town that she doesn't have the jar. And do you know how powerful that's going to make whatever she has to say? It's because someone's going to notice she doesn't have her jar. She doesn't have her vessel. Didn't she just come back from the well? Where's the water? She went to Jacob's well. Oh, my. How profound this must be on her behalf to now conversate with the people that she left, but she's not carrying the vessel. People probably are going, some are going to listen simply because she doesn't have the vessel anymore. They want to hear what she has to say. They didn't ask the question, where's your vessel? They're going to wait to see what she has to say. And guess what? As a result of them not interrupting her, When she finishes, they're going to know why she doesn't have her jar any longer. They're going to know why she doesn't have her vessel because her message has changed. She goes back without it. She says, Father, in verse number 29, when she reaches the people, notice now, new mindset, new message. New mindset, new message. I want to challenge you to have and to take on a new mindset so that you can have a new message. Her message now is come see a man. I wanna put a period right there. Come, comma, see a man, period. Come, comma, introductory phrase, come. phrase statement, see a man. That's what I wanna say. I could not have said before my encounter, see Jesus in any fashion. One, because I had not met him. Two, is because I was locked down with a certain certain mythology. And if I wasn't willing to leave that behind, then I couldn't come with a new mindset to tell you to come and see a man. Because by virtue of the jar still being in my hand, drawing water from what I've always done, then my practice would have spoke louder than anything that I had to say. People, sometimes we hold on to things That means that our actions are speaking much louder than our message. Our actions are speaking much louder than our message. I hope you hear what I'm saying. What you're doing is much louder than what you could ever say. People are watching your actions, and you're saying, I'm a Christian, and you're saying, I got faith. And you're saying, I believe in God. And you're saying, God is my all, but your actions. You're still carrying around hatred. You're still carrying around, and these are representations of the jar. You're still carrying around animosity. You're still hooked to drama. And you're still in the judgment zone. You, you feel that the only way that you can be close to God is that you have to judge others because the only time that you feel an extreme closeness to God is when you have felt a certain way about someone else which makes you feel better about your own flaws let that soak in judgment drama church drama saints drama Judgment. Think about the way that we have done things for so long in the assembly. The way that we have looked at others. And even in our thoughts, though it didn't come out of our mouth, how do they think that they're going to come in here and they still drink like that? How do they think that they're going to come in here and they're still living with that man? They're still living with that woman. How do they think that they're going to come in here and they, they go here or they go there? You, you all know it. I don't, I don't have to give you the elementary uh, processes of preaching, the things that we use as sermon fillers to just make it sound good. You know the things that we have done. You know them better than I can say them. The things that we have kept that, has, that is judgmental, and drama, judgmental and drama, lots of drama and consistently passing judgment. This woman goes back and says, come and see a man. Now she goes, Father, he told me everything that I ever did. He talked about my five husbands our five husbands, the gods that we have served as Samaritans for many years. He challenged the idea that I was even at that well because he said, if you knew who I were, you would ask me for a drink and I would give you a water that will spring up inside of you so that you would never thirst again. He challenged my methods. And because he challenged my methods, I now have a new mindset. You need to come and see this man. I could boast today, this year, 2024, 42 years of preaching. 42. 1982 to 2024, that's 42 years. I accept a call to minister at Tabernacle of David, 1100 Lincoln Road, just off Interstate 80 between Oakland, California, and Sacramento, California, at Tabernacle of David, a storefront then literally a storefront. It was a corner store with a big column sitting right in front of the the this, the the podium that you had to be careful when you were preaching or you'd run right into it. I started there when they when we would a, a pastor who would get off from Coca-Cola and teach like he was crazy on Wednesday nights after just getting off. He walked in with his Coca-Cola uniform on, R.L. McCrae. And I accepted my call to ministry at that little storefront church that is now about a $3 million edifice sitting right there. They have bought all of that property around. 42 years ago, I started with that little storefront ministry. And here I am 42 years later. And you got to believe that there's been a lot of social norms, a lot of religious norms. There have been a lot of cultural and racial norms but my question is how well have they done with really telling others about a man that can tell me all that there is that i've done in my life come and see a man who told me everything and then she asked the question ultimately could this be the messiah She was so, with such a conviction, and her message was so profound, so persuasive. Do you know what preaching is? Preaching is proclaiming with the power of persuading. That's all it is. At some point, you preached. It's because you were so, with such a conviction, and such strength and determination in your message that you wanted to persuade others. But when's the last time that you really did that as a concerned Jesus, the son of God? This woman did it. She said, could this be the Messiah? That was her question. Do you see the question in verse 29? Could this be the Messiah? Well, I know what happens in 30. With her little short sermon, much shorter than mine. Come see a man. Could this be the Messiah? And she closed. No tithe, no offering, no announcements. They came out of the town and made their way towards him. They all flocked to the altar. They all went to this virtual altar. (laughs) They went to meet him at that well, and she simply said, could this be the Messiah? And they came out of the town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, where Jesus is, verse number 31, his disciples are urging him, let's have repasts, Let's eat. Mill-minded people. That's a lot of our mindset. That's all we want is what God can do to feed us. We need some more. We got to have some more. I need this. I need that. Meanwhile, his disciples urge him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. I'm trying to get to be more like Christ, and that is while I have some time, the. persuasive suggestion from others to do the same old thing I have food that they know nothing about I want to feast from what God has people I want to be fed by him Outside of the norms, religiously, racially, socially, culturally, I want to be fed by him. I don't want to be meal-minded. And the only way that I'm going to escape meal-mindedness is that I'm going to have to reset my mindset. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work, not to sit here and pacify you guys that are my disciples going through these rituals. That's why I sent you all off. Then he challenged them with the way that they are doing things. Don't you all have a saying? It's still four months until the harvest. Don't y'all say like this, your season is your season to be blessed. Every day is my season to be blessed. I don't have a specific season to be blessed of God. I'm, God's blessing to me is just like Alabama. It's 80 degrees this morning, and it may be 20 degrees tonight. It's extremely just spontaneous, the spontaneous blessings of God. I don't have to wait until something happens, and something happens, and this happens. The spontaneous blessings of God. He says, don't you all have this saying that four months until the harvest? And he told them, open your eyes and look at the fields. Now, I want you to take that statement. If everyone is here, take a minute because this is my closing statement. I need everybody that's still here to type amen right now. If you're still in here, type amen. Your names are lit up. It looks like everybody is here. Come on, type amen so that I can know you're here and I'm going to get ready to close this. Come on, start typing amen. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. I guess nobody's here. I so I need to type amen myself. I tell you, look at the fields. Maybe there's nobody here. I guess I'm talking to myself. There's Samuel. Janet, Cassie, Chris, Somebody throwing up the praise hands. They want me to move on. Open your eyes and look. What are they looking at? Now, I want you to take this. He tells them, you want me to eat? You want me to just lock in to, thank you, Gloria. You want me to lock in to you feeding me like the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. And you want me to eat right now, and I'm in the middle of ministry, and all you got is just a meal mindset. I'm going to let the hammer down right here. Then I'm going to close. You just want to come to church so you can say you went to church. You don't want to come and love anybody. You don't want to come and encourage anybody. You don't want to come and, and, and let somebody just be blessed by your presence. You just want to come for the same ritualistic reasons. We just want to be able to tell somebody that we saved. We just want to tell somebody that I love God. And we just want to tell somebody that I got faith. I got to let the hammer down. We just want to have an opinion. We want to judge. And we want to keep up mess. But then we want to wait until it's time for the blessings And, Lord, we want you to just overshadow me. Let the blessings of the God overtake me. Press down, shaking together, running over. God been good to me. God's been good to everybody. Look at the fields. That's what Jesus told his disciples. You're here trying to get me locked in, focused on whatever you brought me to eat. But right now I'm not hungry because I'm filled at this moment while you are listening to me and you hear my voice. I am filled with doing the will of God. You all got this habit. It's your your cultural norm to say that four months and we're going to get a harvest. We tell our children, go get a job, get a good education, and, and have something in life. You don't have an education. You had a piece of a job and God was good to you. Start telling your children, don't limit God. The sky is not the limit. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. Delight yourself in him and he will give you the desires of your heart. But most of all, when... Peter said in the scripture that I had you all to read in Matthew 19, we done left everything, now what's for us? I just get, and I have had my share of church folk that are just there for what they can get and what they can have, and caring less about anyone else. Is because the mythology is corrupt, it's tainted, But the mindset. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye renewed in your mind. Renewing your mind. Amen. Look at the fields. Why did he tell them to look at the fields? Is because that woman is now approaching with all of those Samaritan people. That's the harvest that he's talking about. The harvest of people that are coming in because I got through to one woman. But I had to destroy every norm that you all have known, religiously, culturally, socially, and racially. I've destroyed them all. I challenged them, and I I took them out. And because of that, turn around and look. But guess what? They can't see it. They have no idea what Jesus is talking about. He said the fields are ripe. The fields are ripe. Open your eyes and look at the fields. Don't you see all of these people coming? But no. I know you're not talking about those Samaritan people because socially, racially, culturally, and religiously, we can't have anything to do with them. I know you're not talking about that's what the kingdom of heaven is all about. He said, They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage in the harvest and harvests a crop for eternal life. So they that are the sores and the reapers may be glad together. Jesus is simply saying, What's happening here, you're going to get credit for it as being disciples because all of these people are coming that are Samaritans. Later on, after the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost is fully come, you all are going to preach. And Peter, you don't even know it yet, but I got a sermon that's coming up in you that you're going to preach. And so many people are going to come, thousands in one day out of one sermon. And Peter, you don't even know it yet. And then you're going to turn around and say, what shall we do to this? And the answer is going to be but one, and that is that they all be baptized in the name of Jesus. Peter, you don't even know that's about to happen to you. It's because you got a method of doing things, but I'm bringing forth a new mindset. I'm closing now. And I think this is probably going to be the last installment on this. Verse number 39, many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. New mindset. They believed in him because of the woman's testimony. They believed in him because of the woman's testimony. All that's saying is, is she became a vessel. But before her jar was a vessel, I'm going to ask you the question again. What can you do without and what should you leave behind? You need to leave that way of doing things that you think has really pleased God all of this time so that somebody can truly see Jesus through your life. If you're there, amen. If it's a work in progress, amen. But if you stuck on that old mess, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. And our testimony was, he told me everything I ever did. That's end quote. That's verse number 39. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. Guess who else had to stay? The disciples had to stay there too. I'm going to close by saying this. If you keep hanging around me, you're going to learn something. And I'm going to upset your equilibrium. I'm going to upset what you've always thought. I'm going to upset some of the stuff that you've learned. But I'm going to be hanging around where the harvest is plentiful. Has nothing to do about about what God is giving to me. It's about what he's doing for others through me. Because I'm leaving my jar behind. I'm leaving my vessel behind. I'm leaving the mythologies of the old And the mindset is new. You may not like it. You may not like it. I have always had a problem with the idea of people thinking that I had to have your tithe, your money. 42 years in ministry, and God didn't stop me off so so that I would need anything that people gave me monetarily. Though it was certainly used, and it was a blessing. But it never was my drive and my motivation. And we can't continue like this, having people just so that we can make a come up. I'm going to upset you. Because when I say everybody, I mean everybody. I mean past all racial divides, cultural divides, all of it. I had to leave behind Pastor Don, Bishop Hearth, Reverend Hearth, and it's okay, you can hold on to that, but to the harvest that's coming in, they they don't want no bishop, they don't want a pastor, they don't want a reverend, they want someone that can just maybe sometime be patient with them while they get to where you are. I hope I've been a blessing to y'all today and I look forward to seeing y'all next Sunday. Chris, man, I love you, man. You're good people. I love you and I know that through the hard times, the tough times, sometimes I feel like sometimes people around me, some learn more than others. But, bro, I want to tell you, since I've known you, you've come a long way. You've come a very long way. And I want you to stay strong. Hey Amen. I, I want you to really, really, really stay strong. Because, you know, we got that good old-time down-home religion, man. You out of Georgia and Florida. And you know that, that religious stuff run deep. But it ain't always the best thing. It ain't really like, it ain't really edifying to the body of Christ. So, all right. I'll see you all next Sunday. In the meantime, keep asking yourself, what are you going to leave behind? Um, speak to everybody that's in the chat room. Make sure you tell everybody you'll see them next Sunday. And I'll look forward to seeing you all the next Sunday. I love you. And... uh I pray God's blessings upon you. Man, I just want to say it one more time. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Wow. And you love God like all of that, and you represent him with flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of heaven, people. You can do all the get do right stuff that you want to do. You don't cuss. You don't do this. You don't do that. That ain't going to get you into no heaven. Some of the cussingest folks it is, it's got key places in his kingdom. Sorry to be the one to tell you that, but I just wanted to know, let you know with your judgmental self just because you don't drink, just because you don't do this, that ain't giving you no superiority. You just meal minded. <laughs> That's all. Just thought that I would uh, just encourage some folks today. Yep. Take off your fascist ways. Leave that jar behind. You ain't impressing nobody but yourself.
0: Feito.